the Softball Insider Podcast with Bianca Chatfield. Thanks to Kumo Tire. Kumo defines itself through innovation, quality and customer satisfaction. So your car will be better always when fitted with a set of Kumos. They take care of the tyres so you can focus on driving. Head to kumo.com.au to locate your nearest Kumo experts today. You are listening to the Softball Insider Podcast, all thanks to Kumo Tyres. We've had some pretty incredible guests over the last few months, and the whole idea is that we bring you the athletes that play the game. We find out the stories behind the athletes, and then we get to delve a little bit deeper into their lives to find out as much as we possibly can. And this particular athlete we have been waiting for, we know that her name is synonymous with the sport of softball, but not only that, she's also one of Australia's greatest athletes. Now, I'm sure you can already probably guess who I'm talking about, but let me take you through some of her statistics first. She debuted in the Australian team in 2002 at the Japan Cup. She has played 442 caps so far for Australia and she hasn't finished yet. It's an absolute record. She's set records all over her career. Two Olympic medals so far and she is a professional player over in Japan as well. Please welcome Stacey Porter. We finally got you. Yay. Thanks for having me, Bianca. It's nice to finally be here. (laughs) Okay. Now we know that you have played the game for such a long time. I'm just going to simply throw it out there and I want to know why you love it so much. What is it about softball that you love? Oh, look, I think just the competitiveness. I think every athlete starts being competitive kid. Um, and I definitely know when I'm on a softball diamond that that I feel alive. So, um, yeah, I, I just love to compete. And I, you know, I take the diamond here at Brisbane at club, at training, um, on the international stage, wherever it is, it, it's, there's a real nice feeling within my stomach. And, and I know that I'm in the right spot. And are you like most other competitive athletes in that, even if you're playing card games over summer with your family or you just can't switch that competitiveness off because I know I struggle to. Yeah, 100%. I am that person, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm sure I'll continue to be that person <laughs> for as long as I live. <laughs> just ask my family. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No one wants to take you on anything because it always just ends <laughs> not in a great way. Um, do you want to tell me about where you grow up and how proud you are of the Indigenous woman that you are? Yeah, so I grew up in Tamworth, um, country New South Wales, which was a fantastic place to grow up for a kid um, that was competitive and always wanted to be outdoors. Um, it's, you know, back then it was a lot different. I say back then, it was a little while ago now. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, you came home when, when the lights came on in the street. Um, so we were always outside and always playing and I, I was that kid. Um, always doing something. Uh, we had some really good uh, softball competitions back in the day in Tamworth. My mum played um, softball and my sister played, so I just followed along. I played all different sports, um, yeah, and really took to softball. Um, played competitively with netball and hockey up until I was about 18, but um, never strayed too far from softball. Um, yeah, and my dad uh, is the Indigenous person in my family, so um, very proud of my culture and, and the way that that shines through on and off the softball diamond. 
So for you then, who was someone that, you know, you said you followed your mum and your sister and they played softball, but was there a particular standout softballer that you would follow along once you got a little bit older and be like, I want to be like them or I want to play for Australia like them? Or was it just you knew you were good at it and you kept doing it as a sport? Yeah, no, I always, I had a lot of idols, I would say, in my game and I could probably name a few, but uh, one in particular was definitely Natalie Ward. Um, she, you know, a fantastic softballer, always played the, the game with grace and, and you could tell she loved it and a little bit of a country girl. She was from Newcastle as well. Um, yeah, and I just just loved the way she competed and, and she was someone I followed along as well as a lot of other of those sort of, you know, 1996, I think, Olympians. Um, yeah, I was in grade 10 when that Olympics happened and watching it at school and I continually followed them along their paths as well. So, yeah, it was it was great that there was this Olympic um, arena for us to follow along. Oh, and, and now you touch on the Olympics, I think we have to also talk about that because you've been fortunate to go to two Olympic Games already. And I think it's only you and Justine Smithhurst that uh, was also at Beijing. So... What's it like at the moment being a part of the squad and preparing for what was a 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo to have that postponed to 2021 and now we are hearing whispers, is it going ahead? Nobody really knows what's happening in this crazy world we're living in. How are you managing that, your own expectations and also just your body, just preparing for something that you're not actually sure when it's going to start? Yeah, it is a little bit strange and I think something that a lot of athletes around the world, it's a position that they've never been in. But uh, last week, I think, was when the whispers came out that there was there was those rumour stories that the Japanese government had secretly um, cancelled the Games. Um, I always thought that I'd be okay if the Games, you know, were cancelled because I'd been to two. That's probably a very selfish reaction, but... I kind of thought, you know, it's okay. I've done a lot in this sport anyway. And, um, you know, I, I would be okay um, for myself, but not for my teammates. Cause I know that these girls have stuck around. There's some, you know, a good chunk of our players have been within the sport for those 12 years um, that have never got to take the world stage at the Olympics, which I'm sure for them is, is their dream, which was mine. As I said, I followed yeah. that Olympic arena um yeah so and but then when when I heard the news I was gutted it was mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a bit of a weird feeling so um you know we we it was the AOC got straight onto us and was like this is all rumors please disregard it um Softball Australia was onto us and and you know there was communication from from the top which was uh, quite nice and you know it was probably like a, a 30 to 40 minute window thinking oh god career's over as opposed to now we're back on task um yeah so i i'm we're forging ahead up here in queensland we have a little training group that's um yeah we're doing some good things and i know all the girls around australia are are continuing on like it's going to be held and yeah every day i think i i feel more positive about it little stories here and there pop up that it's that it's going to happen so yeah we're forging on like um yeah we're going to get there and it's going to (laughs) happen And you obviously have a very good insight into what it's like playing over in Japan. You do it professionally and you've done it for many, many years. Is the country, do you think, going to be able to handle something like this? 
I definitely think yes. Um, but, you know, I, I do read the media as well and I hear that the, the Japanese people themselves aren't too keen to, to host the games with, um, with the way the world is at the moment. But if there was a country that could handle um, something as big as this in the state of the world, I would definitely say Japan could do it. Yep. And you've probably been uh, hearing, I'm in Melbourne and we're hearing all about the tennis players who are stuck in quarantine trying to get the Australian Open underway. You and I both had to do quarantine at some stages, stuck in hotels. Do you have any advice for them? Because there's a lot of whinging going on. (laughs) Oh, I think just like the rest of Australia, probably just to suck it up a little bit. Um, (laughs) And I think Serena Williams, uh, she uh, yesterday I think came out and said that how good it was. Um, so if you can listen to someone like Serena Williams, who had a three-year-old in the room, mind you, um, I, I'm not sure how she did that. Um, but yeah, at the end of it is what you're always working towards. So I think if you, I'm, I'm sure if you told our girls they had to quarantine for four weeks, they'd do it just to get uh, on the diamond. So yeah, just just um, get on with it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to you now. I won't ask you any more tricky questions about other sports. Um, so with you, obviously you have been playing for such a long time and we all go through roller coasters, whether it be emotionally, mentally, physically, of highs and lows that we go through in our careers. But for a career that has lasted so long and still going, how do you work through some of those challenges and what have been some of the hardest things that you've had to put yourself through? Yeah, well, I, I would like to say I'm a fairly lucky athlete in that I, I think I've had too many, you know, um, challenges in my career. Maybe there has been and I, I tend not to see them as challenges. Um, I've had a few injuries along the way, only one major injury, touch wood. Um, and, you know, that, I was, that was quite early in my career. So it was a, a six-month shoulder injury that, you know, I was always just going to do the rehab and get back at it. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, don't, I try not to see those challenges in it. Um, like I said, like I probably the thing I love doing the most in life is is being on a softball diamond. So um, it's my job. I do a lot of softball, but um, that that doesn't really get old for me. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous as to when it does, because um, <laughs> I know it'll be over, um, and it's probably not that far away. But um, yeah, I think you know, mentally, it's it's not hard for me. I just love it and, and continue to, to work on the little things. I definitely have, have to do a little bit of work in different areas now. And, and that's keeping my body fit and my brain going. Um, yeah, but I, I enjoy all that sort of stuff. It's sort of different. It, it changes and it gets different, but um, yeah, I, I think that's the exciting part. And physically, how do you feel like you've got to do a whole lot more, you know, rehab and prehab and all that stuff now that you have an older athlete's body or do you, just a do you train smarter no I I well I I think I train a little bit smarter but I definitely have to do all that extra stuff um which is the training smarter part I suppose but yeah and and look I was never the kid you know growing up that was stretching after a game I was one of those naughty ones so I'm definitely and a full advocate if they're one of the younger girls is not doing their stretches I make sure they do it um yeah because that's you know that's a lot of time in my uh, softball training days now, I, I'm always the one there early doing a stretch, which, which you know, it makes me perform on the diamond and it helps me get out there. So um, I'm all for it. And what do you enjoy away from softball? What are some of the other passions that you do have away from being an athlete? 
Yeah, I enjoy getting up the coast. Um, I'm based in Brisbane, so we've got a nice little coast up and down. Um, I've got family down the coast, which um, I try to get down to the Gold Coast and see them. Um, yeah, so I just enjoy being around friends and family. Um, I enjoy watching other sports on the weekend. Certainly get around all the women's sports that they get on TV. Um, yeah, so just relaxing. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of time on the diamond and training. So um, I would love to say that my hub hobby is relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> so for any other young softballer out there listening, what would like put COVID aside, what would a normal year look like for you? How often would you be in Australia? How do you actually fit it all in? Because I can imagine it'd be quite jam-packed with not a lot of downtime. Yeah, it is a little bit. So generally right now is my downtime. So our season in Japan starts up um, at the end of March, early April. Uh, so we tend to head back um, a couple of weeks earlier for that. So we're generally gone mid-March um, and we return from... Uh, Japan sort of early June um, so it's like a two and a half month stint and then generally with the Australian season uh, internationally I'll travel overseas in the middle of the year and depending on what's coming up that could be to a month or two um, and then I would probably have a little bit of downtime after that and then head back to Japan early August um, for another sort of two to three months that ends October um, and then I come home for a little bit more downtime, but then kick into the national season in Australia. So generally our, our national tournament runs early January. Um, so I do get like chunks of breaks, um, which I think helps. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty full on schedule if you're playing all year round. Definitely. And what is it like playing over in Japan? Because is that something that you feel like has really change the way you play because you've got the opportunity to play over there professionally? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that every team that plays against the Japanese team can just tell how committed and dedicated that uh, they are to their game. So I've been there this year, I think will be my 14th year. So being around the culture um, and the way that they respect and play the game, I've certainly learnt um, to get on with things you know they those girls train crazy amount of hours and not once do they ever complain that they have to go back to the diamond the next day um, yeah so just the resilience that they have has certainly um, I think come across to me um, and just to get on with things and and just how committed they are and um, how much they love the game it's 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 a really beautiful culture to be a part of as well and and they're very caring of us which is um, quite nice how did you go about the first couple of years, like with the language barrier and, you know, that must have been really tricky for a young player to head over there and go, oh, okay, I need to learn a whole other language to understand what the coach is even saying to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then, do you know what? There's still a language barrier. I'm, I'll put my hand up and say that I haven't learned as much as I probably should have. <laughs> and we're a little bit spoiled with interpreters, but yeah, definitely the first few years. I was lucky enough to go over with um, legend Joyce Lester and Tanya Harding. Uh, they were involved in my team at the time. So um, it would have been a, a very different first couple of years without those girls. And they'd been in the system for a couple of years already. So um, I was very well taken care of over there. But like I said, the Japanese people are amazing. Um, and, and they, you know, they try very hard with us. We have a, a quite a mutual language. A lot of the girls have learnt little bits of English along the way. And, and like I said, we've had interpreters. So yeah, a bit of a culture shock coming from Tamworth. 
Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> a very big difference. But, um, yeah, they, they were lovely people and made it very easy on me. Let's talk about the Travelodge Aussie spirit and how you're all getting ready for the Olympic Games. Do you have a training camp coming up where you can all be together? Because it's probably been a fair while now since you've all trained together as a team and as a squad. Yeah, it has been. I think it's it's nearly been six months since we've, or maybe even more. Um, it feels like a really long time anyway. But yes, we're, we're very excited. Um, I think all borders are finally opened and uh, we're heading off to Canberra here, woohoo, um, on the 18th of February. And, and that'll be like a two and a half week camp uh, for the 20, I think there's 22 girls that have just been selected in the, the 2021 squad. Um, yeah, so we're super pumped to, to get going. And um, yeah, it, it's been tough to be away from each other. And, you know, we, we've tried hard to stay online with Zoom and, and all that sort of stuff, but you just can't replace that physical uh, physical togetherness, um, you know. So we're very excited and, and can't wait for that to happen. Let's fingers crossed for no more sort of outbreaks. And I, I don't want to mention it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what I, I always find this really fascinating because as a netball team, we always found it really hard to know um, how to name the team and how to, you know, you have your squad and then you narrow it down to a smaller number and that's the team. How do you go about it in softball, um, the coaches naming the actual side that will go to the Olympics? Yeah, so I think there's a few scenarios that we've been given, but, um, and then obviously that's all changed with, with the postponement and stuff. So I think as far as I'm aware, the team, the squad now um, will go to Japan and I think that they will name the team in Japan. I think the, the plan is to go to Japan quite early, um, sort of early June um, as a squad. As far as I know that I, I could be wrong there, we might need to clarify that, but it will then be announced as a team um, of 15 once we get into Japan and, and a couple of weeks of training in Japan. Yeah, because it's but always yeah, tough. It's tough for those girls that that miss out, you know. It's, um, it's, it's a bit of a bittersweet moment because, you know, you've got these girls that have you know worked so hard for so long and they've finally realized their dream and then and then there's girls obviously on the other end so it can be a little bit tough um and I'm sure that you've been in that situation before so yeah um yeah we'll just hope that we all stick together and um yeah that I'm sure the best team the, the best 15 will be selected and that's right. And I think for, uh, I imagine for some athletes, the extra 12 months has been a huge bonus. For others, it would make it a whole lot tougher, but you just want to make sure that everyone is pushing for selection. So the team that is there is the absolute sharpest, fittest that you can possibly get. Um, I want to ask you, I don't, I'm not retiring you just yet, don't worry, but what, <laughs> I would, what I would love to know, do you let your mind go there about what happens when I've had enough and I've finished and I want to retire, is there some things that you aspire to do once you finish playing? Um, yeah, I would definitely. That's not. That's not. That's an okay question for me. Um, it, my mind has definitely gone there. Um, I think I'm a pretty realistic person, and and I've always been the the person that said as soon as my body starts to slow down, I'll I'll probably know when it's time. And um, when I say that my body is slowing down a little bit, I'm, I'm still not, you know, looking to, to throw the boots up at the end of the games or anything just yet. Um, but yeah, I think the, the thing that um, I'm looking forward to the most is just to being at home in Australia um, for a, a long period of time. 
Um, I've missed out on a lot over the years and, and just with family stuff and friends stuff. Um, I look forward to, to joining the workforce in Australia and, and having that, uh, and I say that now, that nine to five job, I probably won't like it when it, when it kicks off. <laughs> I'm, I'm that spoiled athlete <laughs> that hasn't really had to do that before. Um, but no, I think I, I think I would like to, to, yeah, just to get back into things at home and, and enjoy all the things that um, my family and friends do. What are you loving about the world of sport now, the world of women's sport now, compared to when you started? Because you would have seen a huge amount of change over the years. Absolutely, yeah. Just the the amount of exposure that female sports getting, and and while it's not as much in softball, I am, you know, I am super supportive of all the sponsorships and and the TV rights and the acknowledgement that those other sports are getting. Because you know, I'm a, a, an advocate for female sport and. And if someone else can get, you know, that little bit more exposure and prop up females in sport, then then I am 100% behind it. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's people think it's like a competitive thing. And if this sport's got that, then we can't possibly have it. But I feel like it's this momentum game changer, really, is that once one sport is getting a little bit more, then the next sport gets it and then it kind of moves everyone forward together. And that's what we can hope for, that when we look back on softball in 20 years' time, we go, hey, look where it's gone and how big it is now. Um, Has it been a rocky road having the Olympic Games in and then out and then back in, hopefully, again um, after the next Olympics? How do you cope with that rollercoaster ride of it all? Yeah, I think, and, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, it's that mental, definitely that mental health, which... Um, was probably the biggest challenge when we found out it was going to be postponed um, because I I think there was probably a lot of girls within our squad that had um, planned that this was going to be their last 12 months. So Absolutely. mentally, um, you know, you just had to, well, I don't know, you just had to keep, to, to just keep setting those little challenges along the way. Um, you know, moving the goalposts 12 months wasn't going to be that massive for some, but it was for others. So I think, yeah, just to, to keep each other accountable, you know, like I said, we did the Zoom meetings and, um, you know, we did catch ups as much as we could. And look, we had some time to work on things that we maybe probably wouldn't have had time within that um, short period of time that the Olympics would have been on. So I've always said that the 12 months for us was going to be a good thing. So I'm excited to see, yeah, what the next sort of six months brings. And we know at some stage that we're going to see you hopefully playing again in the Summer Slam. I have been loving watching it. I have been loving being a small little part of it, but I love how you all enjoy it so much. What do you love about it? Yeah, I just think that that's the fun part of softball. We play so much serious, you know, stuff that's, um, yeah, you, you put your heart and soul into that and you want to do well and, and um, yeah, just to get softball at the fun stage we don't get that a lot these days um and we probably should take a little bit of more more of the summer slam style into our game because you can see that a lot of us kind of just get out there and and don't worry too much about our result and we tend to perform so yeah just the fun the fun part of softball and and the crowds uh the excitement you guys up in the the commentary box chatting to you guys um, I find is really fun too and, and a good way for the fans to to get on the diamond and, and see how we feel and think at times. So it's just a great promotion for our game in general, I think. 
Not a distraction at all, having to talk to us. <laughs> Not at all, no. I must be one of those distracted athletes. That <laughs> no, I think you would really embrace that. Info. <laughs> you get something totally different happening. Makes you think totally differently. You're getting energy from everyone else in your team because everyone just absolutely loves it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great fun. And like you said, um, getting energy from the other girls and just the, the types of players that... Um, that you play around, you don't get to to have that fun with those players next to you. Like I, some of our young girls were so key for us last year with the Panthers, and um, yeah, it was great to see them shine through in that environment as well. Well, I wanted you to dob in some of your teammates because I want a, a bit of an insight into the Aussie Spirit girls. You know, who are the funny ones? Who are the really serious ones? I want to know some goss behind the scenes of how oh, you see the playing yes. group and. Who are the ones that like never reply to messages or, you know, you know how there's just people that never reply on their phone. Surely there's some of those girls. Oh, in the team. <laughs> yeah, there probably is a couple and I'm probably, probably have to throw myself in there. I'm not a great replier. <laughs> um, so if I put myself in there first, I can probably throw a couple of other people under the bus. Right. Um, oh, maybe Janice Blackman. She struggles mm-hmm. to reply at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe Claire Warwick, okay. who was he on the list? Yeah, she likes to hang in the background. So, yeah, that's probably a couple that um, might not be those repliers. I don't know. That's I don't know. Maybe they do, but that's who Who's I, the worst roomie? Oh, worst roomie. Uh, oh, God. I don't even... I tend to be the person that gets her own room. So I'm oh, probably the worst roomie. You're like the big dog in the team. Like no, maybe I'm the worst roomie. That's why I'm always on my own. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's probably a couple of people that, that yeah, stay up a bit late. Um, Are you? A, do you stay up late? Because that is always a contentious issue in a team if you're with someone who goes to bed really early or someone who stays up really late. Yeah, it is. No, I'm a bit of a... Yeah, no, I think I'm a bit of a nana sometimes on tour, so I like to, I like to get my sleep. Um, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a late, I'm not a night owl. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> There's all these little intricate things anyway. that go on, especially when you're on tour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and because I imagine going into something like a Olympic Games and you're going into the village, you've already been to two Olympics. What is the athletes' village like? Because do you have your own rooms when you go to the Olympics, or does it depend on who's hosting? I think it depends on who's hosting because the two Olympics that I've been to, um, the first one in Athens, we we had like about eight of us in a room, um, but we all had, I think we all had individual uh, rooms within that room. Okay. Um, and then in Beijing, there was sort of a couple of, maybe two blocks with, uh, with yes, yeah, six or seven in each block. And then you had two to a room. Wow. So you did have a, a room in, in that. So I, uh, I think we've seen that there's individual rooms in Japan. I think we did get a, a little bit of an insight into that. So um, generally when you're in Japan, you get individual rooms. Even when we've travelled with the the Aussie team um, to Japan, we get individual rooms, which I quite like. You get a little bit of downtime and a little bit of alone time at the end of the night. So, But, but other people don't like that. They like to be in the thick of it. Um, but we'll all be around the vicinity and and that team camaraderie, I'm sure, will will come out at night after after a game. You know, and, and yeah. 
And I've only ever got to go to the Commonwealth Games because my sport is not in the Olympics. But, you know, the dining hall is always a huge social place where everyone hangs out and eats probably too much generally um, (laughs) because there's so much on offer. But the Olympic dining hall must be absolutely, like, huge compared to the Com Games one. Yeah, well, I haven't been to the Com Games one. So um, I assume they're very similar and can, like you said, be quite distracting really because... You know, that's when you get to see all those other athletes and, um, you know, people that you see on TV all the time and um, other teams, you know, other teams that we'll be playing against. So, um, yeah, as fun as it is, I think it's probably a little bit of a distracting part of the Olympic Games and certainly something that uh, I think we'll go over before we head in there. But super fun and all those cuisines and stuff. I know. You try and eat around the world, don't you? Yes, that's right. And every day you're like, I'll try something different. And our dietitians were like, no, 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 you've got to stick to what you know. That's it. It is a lot of fun though. And definitely, um, I'm not sure at the Com Games, but at the Olympics, we have McDonald's in the dining hall. So that's always a little bit hard to stay away from during competition. And with the softball, does that go from, it would go over a long period of time over the two week period. Is that right? No, it's it's a six-day tournament. So we get started um, before the opening ceremony. I think we're the, the first sport um, in the whole games to kick off. And it's, yeah, I think it's a six-day tournament. So we'll sort of, obviously now uh, with, with COVID and stuff, we, we have to go in and, and at the end of it, go straight out. Um, yeah. But certainly, and for the last two Olympics that I've been to, our sport was always the first week. Um, so we had that second week to, to get around the other sports and just enjoy um, the Olympic Games, which I, is, is a fantastic part of the Games. Um, so that's a little bit unfortunate that that, that won't get to happen this time, but um, I don't think anyone will mind if, as long as we get on the diamond. What are some of the other events and sports that you love to go and watch? I always enjoyed the swimming because it was, you know, there was Laurie Lawrence would be out the front and like breaking people in, like let, jumping you over fences and um, he he can create a pretty awesome atmosphere in a crowd. So swimming was always fun. Um, and the women's water polo was always fun too. Because Australia is such a competitive sport, women's water polo, I, I really enjoyed that as well. But any of those sports that we could get around was, um, yeah, it was, was cool to, to cheer on our other Aussie teammates. Oh, absolutely. And that's the best part, I think, is it being part of such a huge Aussie team, not just the Aussie softball team. All right, before uh, we finish up, I would love to get a bit of an insight into your mental toughness. I know you're a very resilient athlete and you have to be to be able to do what you have done. Uh, Any tips for any young players out there about how you do like look after your mental health, but how you do remain so resilient. and, And like you said before, you don't see things as challenges, but that obviously has taken a little bit of training along the way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think in terms of our, our game is so tough and I think the, the sooner you realise, I was, I didn't realise this for a long time in my career that, um, you know, a, a great batting average in our game is, is 300. So ten, if you go up to the box 10 times, you only have to, to get a hit three times to, to contribute and, and be a good hitter, you know, in our game. So I think um, the quicker I learnt to to not be perfect. Um, I think as athletes, we like to try and be perfect. Um, but I think the quicker I realised that, you know, that's okay. It was just another opportunity for me to learn um, and get better. Then I think that's when I sort of flipped into that um, that stage of, of being 
a bit more resilient and, and okay when things didn't go my way. So I, I just think that's probably a little bit cliche, but um, I think that was the biggest turning point for me was when I figured things, it's okay if, if I don't do my job this time around and not forgetting you're in a team game. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think it's probably something that, that if you can grasp that quite early, I think you'll be you'll be on a good path. That is a huge lesson. Do you remember how old you were when it all kind of just clicked like that? Oh, it wasn't until I was certainly in my 20s and and I will say Japan helped a lot with that, you know, and being, you know, I played a lot of softball. So if I was unhappy playing softball that much, it was going to be an even tougher game for me. So probably in Japan, probably not till I was sort of maybe mid-20s. Yeah, and and obviously the more I uh, got up in the Australian team, um, I think my my level of, of that sort of stuff probably, um, oh, it probably got got better as I got older in the team, is, is I yeah. would say. I, I got more comfortable within my position and, and all those sort of things around me fell into place. So that was, um, that was all, a, it all sort of molded into one. And this, yeah, just that inner confidence that you can get out of believing in yourself and knowing that if you fail, you'll be able to get yourself back up there. Um, yep is a huge learning and last thing I want to ask you about is recently I've seen you on your Instagram in an indigenous Aussie spirit supporter and training tops can you tell me a little bit about that and the story behind it all yeah so that came about um probably sort of at the end of last year um we'd come on board with a new clothing company for the Aussie spirit and uh, one of our players, Leah Parry, suggested an Indigenous training top because it was put out, you know, if you guys have any ideas about new new stuff that you want, let us know. Um, and she contacted me and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't think of that, but that's an amazing idea. Um, let's run with it. So we went back to Simone at Top Australia and uh, came up with the idea. And I um, had been in contact with a, a friend of mine on Facebook who's an Indigenous artist um, and she said to me probably six months prior, she's like, I would love to des- design a shirt for you. So we got in contact with Kylie Hill, who was the lady that designed the shirt with her son, Jack. Um, and she was like, yep, on it straight away. Um, so, yeah, and then they were put in touch with game clothing and the design came through, the shirts were made. Um, and I think I'm at the moment, I'm the lucky one that's got the shirt the training singlet um the girls will get theirs in Canberra in a couple of weeks but uh there's also the the supporters shirt which has been out and about it's been delivered the last sort of month or so so there's lots of people wearing that Indigenous train that supporters shirt which is um just fantastic as an Indigenous athlete um just the the mix of Kylie um who's this you know she's played softball all her life is a proud Indigenous woman um and just to, to look down and see a culture like that, we're, we're spiritual people as it is, but that's a real nice connection for us to have. And, and the, the, the whole softball community seems to be getting on board with it, just um, sort of shows how much they care. So it's, it's a really nice sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I could, even when I interviewed um, Janice a few months ago, just 
you know, you talk about the spirit and that's just, I got this overwhelming sense for her about, you know, it's all about giving back and giving to others and sharing all of your experiences and stories. And, you know, I think you guys are doing such a great job of um, that because you have the amazing opportunities that you do, but it's also about being so inclusive with everybody and taking everyone along for the ride. So I've been loving seeing that. And if you are a supporter or a fan out there, make sure you do get in touch with Softball Australia. I'm sure they're on their website. We can grab your interest supporter tops um, and stand there side by side with the Aussie Travelodge Aussie spirit girls. Um, Stace, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being just so honest and also so refreshing with your attitude towards sport. I think a lot of people think the big superstars in sport, you know, are so serious and so focused and don't ever have any problems that they have to go through. And I just love that your attitude and the way you tackle it all. Um, it's just so great to see. And I hope that you are around for a whole much, well, a whole longer before you join me in the commentary box, that is. Because <laughs> that's happening at some stage. <laughs> no, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic I've listened to all the podcasts along the way and I think you're doing a fantastic job promoting the girls and and the game of softball and and we've loved having you on board so thank you thanks Jason I'll uh, see you at the summer slam see you there <laughs>